This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kimar Roach, and I listen to the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Indeed, you are people. You listen to the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Welcome back to another edition, another episode. Santoki, I don't even know what episode this is, but um, it, 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 it's, it's what well, let's just call it episode 83. It could be 82. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we don't know. We don't We don't keep track anymore. But um, I'm Mashal St. Patrick here at one half of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And with me, as ever, is my partner in crime, Santoki Nagulendran. Santoki, how you doing? Yeah, thanks, Michelle. Pleasure to be back for whatever number episode this is. Let's go with 83. But, Michelle, we're here. You know, we've got a special guest coming on the show. Um, To give some context, I guess, Michelle, by all accounts, you would say the same. It was a season to forget for the Jamaica Scorpions in the four-day regional season. They went winless. But this guest we have on the show, sort of, ironically, he came in as a medical replacement in the first game, sort of made a name for himself and got people talking. So we're here to look at his career and talk about many, many topics. Yeah, most definitely. And um, I like how you got in the dig there about the Scorpions. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Scorpions not winning any games. But you know what? Let's not forget that the Scorpions are CPL defending champions and Super 50. Well, say Talawas, but Super 50 defending champions as well. We can't win everything, you know. But um, I should have actually, I should have kept my um, my Talawas jersey um, out for today's one. But um, but yeah, as you say, Santoki, special guest on today. And... um, as you, I think you gave the best introduction there. He's he's made he's made waves this season, and I'm super interested to to kind of chop this up um, with him. Not just because um, he hails from from my homeland, but uh, I just think he's a super interesting uh, cricketer, and I think there's a, a, a real interesting story in there. So, without any further further ado, we want to bring on the man himself, uh, Abhijay Mansing. Let's bring him on and see how he's doing. Abhijay, how you yeah. doing? I'm good, guys. Nice to be on the show. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Santoki, did you? I, was, I should tell you actually, and for all the guests at home as well, that um, Abhijay is one of the first cricketers that we've got in touch with who has said yes within 0.7 seconds, you know. 
I didn't even have to. I didn't even have to try and do the begging one. <laughs> I, just, I, I just said, "Listen, we're interested." And Abajay said, "Yeah, no worries, man. Um, let, uh, let's come on." But Abajay, as as um, Santoki said at the top of the show, you you've had a, you've had. I'm going to call it a break. I'm going to call it the breakthrough season. And uh, and if you think that's the wrong way to describe it, by all means, tell me so. Right. But I'll tell you why I'm going to start there and say you've had what I call a break, a breakthrough season. Obviously, I think with the bat for the Scorpions, you averaged 29 with the ball. I think you averaged 29. I may have that out by one with with, with one of particular suits. And uh, you, you scored three uh, half centuries for the Scorpions um, in this season's competition. I think what turned people's eyes quite a lot was your ability to occupy the crease. At a time when the Scorpions were struggling with the bat as a unit, you you seem to kind of buck the trend by being able to bat a lot of time. Um, and then with the ball, with the ball, the leg breaks, um, <laughs> the leg breaks. And, and this is quite important, though, um, Abajay, because for a lot of people in the region, we talk about the kind of dearth of genuine leg break bowlers. So we want to kind of get into that as well and talk about your skill set in, in, in that regard as well but where i'm gonna start before we even get into the, the the red ball championship let's take it all the way back let's take it all the way back let's take it and i want to take it all the way back to campion that's where i want to take it that's that's where i want to take it back to um my brother went to campion he's about what maybe four to five years older than you and um, when i was doing my research about you at campion um, for those listeners who are like Campion, what are you talking about? So we're talking about uh, Campion College, which is one of the top schools um, in Jamaica and certainly in Kingston, if you know it. But um, you were captain uh, at, at Campion when they won the Grey Shield. So let's 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 go to your school career first and foremost. Let's let's start there with your your Campion experience. Um, I think those were some of the best days of playing cricket for me. I, I had a lot of fun playing. I was playing with some of my best friends. I was play with my brother it's probably the last time I played with my brother so mm. I was just enjoying my cricket there you know it's a it's a very academic school so to win the title with them was you know was a massive achievement and it was just somewhere where I enjoyed playing cricket um no one there really had aspirations of going to the next level I think it was just myself and Brandon that um mm. that really had that aspiration so one thing that I learned from my experience there was just to enjoy your cricket and you know see where it takes you and it's interesting. I'm so glad you've you've referenced Brandon almost immediately because I think you and Brandon probably would have played because Brandon's what two years older than you, so three. you yeah. three. So you may have played maybe one or two seasons together if you're lucky. No, we played a few. Brandon oh, was it more? Was it more? <laughs> yeah, we, Brandon was one of those people that was he was young for his year, very young for his year. So um, we probably played four years together at Campion. Okay, um, but we knew each other even before that, um, from where kids growing up and, um, yeah, that was, that was also nice to play with Brandon there and, you know, continue playing with him because he's like a big brother to me. So yeah, I love playing with him. Of course. And, and that's what I'm, I'm, and I'm glad you made the reference to Campion being seen as a very, um, academic school. And when, like I, like I say, when I was doing the research and I didn't know you, until I properly researched you, I hadn't realized you'd gone to Campion. I knew Brandon had. And, um, and I say this with full respect when I say this comment next. Campion's not really seen as a school where <laughs> where sports people, you know, where sports like you you got your KC, you got your JC, you got yeah. your Calabar. I went Woolmers, you got Woolmers, etc. So when I heard that, okay, so what? Abajay went to Campion and much less now he's playing for Jamaica, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. 
how did you buck the trend at Campion? I, I need to understand this. Um, to be honest, you know, my family helped a massive deal, uh, a great deal with that because, you know, it was always, it was, it, I wouldn't say it was always 50-50 with me in terms of cricket and studies. I think cricket always had that little more in me than studies. But one thing, going to Campion, it was tough because you had to, you had to compete with the best students in the island. And then mm. in cricket, you have to compete with the best cricketers around the region. So I think, you know, going to Campion was certainly tough in terms of, um, playing cricket, but it definitely made me tougher and definitely definitely taught me how to manage time a lot better. Mm, it's, mm. it's interesting, actually, because on that topic of, of your family, funny enough, after your first game um, for Jamaica this season, you tweeted, um, I'm assuming this is from your, from your actual account, heard some interesting theories going around, but I am born Jamaican. My grandparents moved from India to Jamaica via Canada. I'm 100% Jamaican with Indian culture. Now, firstly... What what provoked you to do that tweet? What sort of theories were you hearing? I was so I think on the stream of the games, people were you know saying that my dad was from Guyana, so that I have a twin, um, you know, all sorts of things. People were telling me that people were saying so. Yeah, you know, I just wanted people to know that you know I'm not I'm not Guyanese. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be Guyanese or Trini. I'm full on I'm a full Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point because I think when most people think of Indo Caribbean players, they think of you're either Guyanese or Trini. So, as far as I'm aware, you're the first Indo player I can remember playing for for Jamaica. Going back, what's it like growing up in Jamaica as an as an Indian person, and also the fact that your grandparents came from India? Do you think that helped you in terms of your ambitions in terms of being a cricketer? Because cricket's so big in India, they took it more. Your family took it more as a more realistic career option. Um, yes, I think. Cricket is what brought my family to Jamaica in the first place. Um, my grandfather, he was working in Canada at the time and wanted to watch cricket. So he came to Jamaica to watch a game and, you know, never left. So cricket is why my family is in Jamaica. And, you know, it's just by that story alone, you, you can tell that it's, it's, it's definitely deep-rooted into the family. So, you know, for my grandfather's not around anymore, but for him to have a grandson that's playing professional cricket right now, I think, you know... That that's what keeps me going every day. Mm. With the and the, uh, yeah, let me go here. So, what's interesting to me though is like, and we 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 kind of start with Campion and obviously your family's journey and so on and so forth. When you came out of Campion, what was your what were your next steps after? Like, obviously, you would have been playing age group cricket, so you would have played like Jamaica under 15, 17, possibly 19. But, and we talk about this quite a lot across the region, never mind Jamaica. The jump from under 19 level to senior cricket can be hard. The other, I think, about a couple of months ago, we had Jermaine Blackwood on, um, and he spoke about how when he was at under 19 level, it was it was hard to make the breakthrough into the into the senior Jamaica side. But for your story, when you finished, when you finished Campion and, and whatnot, what did what was your next path when you didn't Im immediately make it through um, into the senior setup? Well, I think when I left Campion, I had two options. Um, I'd got into med school at the time, but I knew I wanted to play cricket. And some people may say this, but I chose the harder option in cricket. <laughs> and, um, at that time, I was focused on making the under-19 Westerners team. That didn't happen. Mm. Um, so after that, I figured, look, how am I going to get better? How am I going to get to the next level? So I did what I did just after school was I went 
online and emailed every single cricket club in Australia, hoping <laughs> to to you know get a stint there somehow. And yeah, I mean. It, it worked. Um, no, no, no. Sorry, no, I'm gonna have to stop you. No, no. Sorry, no, no. no I'm stopping. I'm gonna stop the show right now. Hold on a minute. I need to know what you put in that email that, that made it work. How how did you sell yourself? So at that time when you played under 19 for Jamaica, I think you had a cricket for profile. I think cricket for profile kind of carries a bit of weight. And right. Yeah. You know, basically, I was I was truthful. I said, look, I just finished playing Jamaica under 19. I really want to improve my cricket. I want the experience of playing in different conditions um mm. i also want the experience of, of leaving my house and you know developing as a person as well and you know if there's ever an opportunity i'd be willing to come not you know I, obviously I, I wasn't looking for money at the time you know i just mm. wanted the experience but you know i had to make sure that everything was covered in terms of getting there and you know yeah yeah, yeah so yeah i just I, I just tried to be as truthful as possible i didn't i I was just, I, I didn't have anything to my name. So I just said, look, I'm, I'm really giving it my all to this journey. And, you know, if you guys are willing to have a young player, I'm, I'll be there. So which, which, club, which club hit you up after that? So I ended up, a club ended up taking me. It was a club called Murdoch University Melbourne Cricket Club in Perth. Mm. And basically what the deal was there is that it was $4 a run and $25 a wicket. So you had to come, you know, earn <laughs> <laughs> earn, earn your way there and then I think I used to do a bit of umpiring and coaching on the side and you know but that I mean that was a, a great experience going there as an 18 year old on my own on the other side of the world there's no Jamaicans there you know there was mm. hardly any West Indians there and a bit of racism there as well so mm. that toughened me up a lot um, and then after that I you know used a similar model to try but get to go to England, which was a bit easier because mm. there's a lot of connections between England and Jamaica. So I ended yeah. up going to England for two seasons after that, um, playing up in Durham, which was, again, a different experience. With, with what was your what was your club in Durham? What was the club in? Uh, the first year I played for a club called Eppleton Cricket Club. Yeah. And I was also involved with the Durham Academy at that time. And the second year I played with Washington Cricket Club, which mm. they both played in the Northeast Premier League. Um, yeah. And so that that was a great experience, you know, even being around the Durham Academy um, at the time, you know, even now Stokes was very involved there, you know, Scott Worthick, a, a few of these guys, Gareth Breeze was very in instrumental. Yes, of course, in yes, yeah. Jamaican. Mm. Um, so he was a massive help getting me there. And also, you know, I think I lived with him one year there as well. So he, I, you know, I owe a lot to him. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think... During those years, I was I was really just looking to to play a lot of cricket, um, you know, learn more about myself, um, try test myself, just anything that could get me to improve to get to that next level. You know, it was it wasn't a linear path. I think I had a, a lot of injuries during that time. I've been through two shoulder surgeries, so mm. you know, it, it was definitely not. It, I could see why a lot of players do fall out between that nineteen to twenty three age gap because you know you, you need that certain level of of you need a a direction a pathway yeah and i was yeah. lucky enough to get it through that club system of going away and playing and i hope that a lot of players you know take that opportunity i, I know a lot of people going to america now but you know i hope mm. people take that that the opportunity of of going and learning their craft 
Santoki, before you, Santoki, one second, just before you come in, I just want to check something. But Abhijay, when you were doing all of this kind of trekking around, how was that limiting or was it limiting your ability to be noticed in Jamaica? Because would it not have been a case of out of sight, out of mind? Even if you came back to play bits of club cricket here and there, I think Melbourne's the club you play for, is it not? Um, It it is, but initially I was playing for Kingston Cricket Club and then a few years ago I switched to Melbourne. So was it was there a case of out of sight, out of mind for you because you weren't necessarily playing in Jamaica a lot? Yeah, I mean, I had to make that decision, but at the end of the day, I, I was trying to make a decision what I thought was best in my improvement. Mm. I knew realistically it was very hard for me to come straight out to age group cricket and, and go play for Jamaica. Yeah, and if I sit around just playing two months of cricket in Jamaica where I could be playing six to eight months between England and Australia, then, you know, I think mm. for me at that time, that was a no-brainer. And I, I didn't mind being out of mind, out of sight. In, at the time, it definitely hurt because I wasn't involved in, you know, the Jamaica setup or anything. And, you know, but looking back, I think those years away definitely did more for me than if I probably stayed and, and just played two months of cricket for the year. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Santoki. Yeah, I was going to say, so just going back there, when you were, for instance, when you were playing in Australia, $4 a run, you're thinking, if I don't score runs, I'm not going to get any dinner tonight. You know, so it's a big it's a big struggle. Did it ever cross your mind at any point during that time in Australia or England that, you know, I might not make it as a cricket or were you full, full determined to like go on and eventually get back to Jamaica? I was fully determined. Um, I think the only time I really doubted um, if I'd make it as a cricketer was... When just the day before I made my first class debut, um, I think that was the first time I had doubts whether I'd make it as a, 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 a as a professional cricketer, because I wasn't supposed to play that first game, and if I didn't play that first game, I probably would have not played the second, and then you know there was a break after the second game, and I probably would have been dropped out of the squad, and mm-hmm. you know after all the years of effort, I, I was starting to think maybe you know, I think the time is coming where I probably have to look for other avenues, but it it sounds crazy, but it's only until recently where I had that thought and obviously that thought is now gone but at that time back then I, I never had that thought mm, mm. so how how yeah. long was it after coming so what year did you leave England to come back to the Caribbean it was 2018 okay so yeah. 2019 you, I think you played one game in the Super 50 for yeah, CCC then, so how did that sort of opportunity arise so I was, I'm, I'm still going to university online. Um, throughout all my travels, I was doing an online degree. I figured that was the best way to still do some school while I'm playing. Um, so I, I go to an online school. I'm a, I also have Canadian a Canadian passport. So of course, um, yeah. I went to an online university in Canada. It was online before COVID, so nothing's changed. Um, yeah. And then through that, I ended up going to CCC trials and making CCC's team. And then on my debut, I dislocated my shoulder. And, you know, I think I made 14 not out in that game against Barbados. We won and, you know, I was ruled out for the rest of the tournament. And, you know, my shoulders came back to bite me again. <laughs> mm. um, it's, it's interesting, yeah, because I think you opened in that game for CCC. And then by the time you'd played again in the Super 50 for CCC in 2022, you were batting further down the order. Do you, was that just a coaching decision or was it because you put more focus on the leg spin? How did you? How did it vary so much in between the years? I was batting 10 and 11. <laughs> um, yeah. but it wasn't in my hands, let's put it that way. Yeah, cause that's yeah. quite interesting because for Jamaica, this season just gone, 
What would you were batting five? No, you were batting six. Okay, I think you might have batted five, one or two, to, or um, between five and six in essence through the competition, and that leads to the obvious question: What's your strongest suit? Is it the leg spin or is it the batting? I like to say I'm a all rounder. The moment I um, label myself as a batting all rounder or bowling all rounder, my mind subconsciously like focuses on one more than the other. And mm. I want to give my best at both. So I always look at myself just as an all-rounder because that way I can give my full focus to both. And I don't look at one and the other. So, you know, I don't, I don't have a preference, but I give my all to both. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Who got you into leg spin? And because this is intriguing, because when we talk leg spin bowlers in the Caribbean, right, in, in terms of current leg spin bowlers, is Imran Khan, Hayden Walsh, Yannick Karaya, and you. <laughs> I don't know. So um, who, what was your, of all the things to bowl, there must be a story behind how you ended up bowling leg spin, surely. So... You know, when you're young, your fingers aren't fully developed, so you can't really bowl off spin because the ball can't, you can't grip the ball. So you end up, all youngsters end up bowling leg spin when they're young. And that's how I started bowling leg spin. And I think at that time, I don't know how I had the wisdom at that age. I just looked around and I thought, where's the market gap? Ah. Uh, and I was like, well, I don't see any anyone bowling leg spin. So might as well, you know, this is my chance to, to, to do something different and stand out. Um, and I think that's what drove my leg spin just year after year, just knowing that, you know, it's obviously hard when you're, you're the only one bowling because you don't have anyone to kind of bounce ideas off of when mm. you're growing up. Um, but that that idea of being different, I think that also ties into the Indo-Jamaican side of me, my leg spin, the way I bat. That idea of just being different and being me drove my leg spin through the years. Have you well, had so, any? Sorry, go on, Santoki. Sorry. No, I was going to say, just saying. What, um, in terms of cricketers who who you would have watched for inspiration, obviously you would have had Samuel Badri in the Caribbean. Globally, sort of, what leg spinners were you looking at to try and emulate or take tips off? While growing up, or no? While growing up, while growing up. Ah, uh, to be honest, Amit Mishra. It sounds weird. He was one of them. Um, yeah. I, to be honest, I didn't. I didn't really I, see. I didn't really have any hero in terms of leg spin growing up. I think yeah. now when I'm older, I look at players and kind of take a bit of it. I like watching Chahal right now. Yeah. Um, I think I, over the years up till recently, I liked watching Lamichani from Nepal yeah. because we had a similar build and you know, a similar look. And I thought that I kind of tried to model myself off of him. Um, but yeah, I think I didn't really have that, that person growing up. Um, I think because Bishu was playing for West Indies at the time, so you kind of looked at Bishu and, you know, took a, a few things from him. But I didn't really have that one leg spinner there that, you know, I looked up to and I tried to be. Mm. So who, how do you, obviously within the Scorpion setup, I think Nikita Miller 
um, is in, is in the scoring set. So now I'm not saying he's a leg spin bowler, but how do like have you had the opportunity on your travels to have anyone help you hone your craft around leg spin? Because like you say, within the region itself, it's not like there's many specialist leg spin bowlers. I don't know what the coaching is like in the region re leg spin. So have you thought about or have you had the opportunity to go and develop the craft further? Yeah, so last year I actually went to India um, to an academy for about three months. Um, Whereas I, I went there and, and they had a lot of leg spin expertise there and I learned so much about leg spin. And I think you're probably seeing the, the improvements on my leg spin mm. thanks to them. Um, and I'm actually mm. going there again for a couple months. Um, I was going to ask if you're going back. I thought you must be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but in terms of in the Caribbean, I think my journey of leg spin recently, it's been nice working with Nikita because he has a very good spinner's brain and he's also mm. trying to learn leg spin. So we have great conversations um, with regards to leg spin. Um, we we talk to each other every day at training about what works, what doesn't work, what I can do, you know, what he thinks. So we're both on this journey together. He as a coach, me as a player, and I, and I really enjoy it. And then I try to talk to as many leg spinners as possible. So I, I spend a lot of time talking to Bulai in Jamaica. You know, I try to mm, reach out. Of about Bulai, yeah. I try to reach out to Imran Khan. He's also a massive help to me. Um, you know, after the game against Trinidad, we just, I think the rain started falling and we, we just stood there in the rain just talking leg spin for about half an hour. But mm. yeah, I just I just tried to create that network around me between Nikita, between Bulai, between Imran Khan, between my co- the coaches in India, just just so that I have, because I knew growing up I didn't have that support system with leg spin. So I'm trying mm. to create that now. And it, 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 I see where it helps. It helps... Because I, 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 you know, leg spin is a hard craft, and you know it's very easy for things to go wrong. So I, mm. I just want that support system around me, where you know it guides my leg spin um, through the years. Because I also I'm aware of the history of leg spin in Jamaica, where there's a few that came on the scene quite quickly and, and went off the scene quite quickly as well. You know, you had the likes of Gavin Wallace, Akeem Dwar. Mm. You know, there, there's a few more that I can't think of on the top of my head, but you know, I'm trying to break that trend. Mm. So we, we've looked at your bowling. In terms of your batting, Michelle alluded to, to it earlier. Your application was what really impressed people for Jamaica this season. So in your first match, 56 of 177 balls. Then in the second innings, you hit 62 of 208 balls. Now, in the region, this is something people have criticised, the batter's inability to sort of apply themselves and soak up the balls. Is that side of your game, how have you worked on it? Is it something that came natural to you? How, how did you sort of get to that point where you could soak up balls, apply yourself, focus was it more of a mental challenge how did that come kind of come about i think it it's it's been a journey to the to this point in terms of growing up with the style of play i did in jamaica i would you know everyone here kind of tends to be more aggressive and yeah. you know when i saw that around me i i would try to be more like that as well because that's what i would see people being successful with and that's what but i recently i started realizing i have to be true to myself true to my strengths and you know, going to India last year definitely helped with that because I saw a lot of players that look and, and bat like me. And it, in fact, I was lucky enough to have a conversation with Rahul Dravid last year um, mm. while playing in India. And that conversation kind of changed how I, how I construct an innings because I asked him, what does he think about when he bats? And he just says, my breath. And ever since he told me that, the only thing I think about when I'm batting is my breath. And that, that kind of just allows me to just be in the moment, just bat long, you know, there's no such thing as pressure. Pressure is only created in your mind. And, you know, so I think those, just the, the mental game of, 
of batting is what makes you bat long and I, you know I'm, I'm just I love I love the challenge of of, const, of you know maintaining concentration and just focusing on on each ball and I think that's what you probably saw this season yeah well most certainly we did and like us as as I kind of alluded to at the top of the show in a it was a season where where the scorpions struggled with the with the bat as a unit um only firing sporadically obviously Jermaine came back later on and so on and so forth but um what's quite interesting to me is that um you have previously been part of Talawa's squads um in fact were you in the 61 last year so were you in the 60 last year um so the, the obvious question is this, as Santoki says, this year you've been impressed with your ability to um, stay at the crease uh, and occupy time. What about when you switch over now to white ball? <laughs> because obviously, um, like you say, with the increasing advent of T20 cricket and, and so on and so forth, um, is that now an area of your game that you feel that you'll now have to develop? Or do you think you've already got that because you've been part of Talawa's setups prior to making your first class introduction um, for Jamaica. So do you think you've got a game that actually was primarily suited to white ball cricket before Red Bull, so to speak? Um, I think it's it, my role kind of changes in white ball cricket. I think my bowling um, is what carried me into the Talawa's setup and all the leg spin. Um, and in terms of the batting, again, it, it's just... Staying true to my strengths, um, I think this season what happened is that I was forced to, to soak up a lot of balls just on the team situation. But there was one particular situation against Leewards in the first game where we are actually going for the win. Um, I think myself and Merchant were batting and we needed about 100 runs with four wickets in hand. And that was the only time in the season I could be aggressive. I remember hitting a six-off corner. He had long off back and hitting it over long off. So I know I have that in me. Mm. It's just, again... You know, the situation this, this season um, didn't allow me to bring out that attacking side of my game. Mm. And I think I, I know I have it. It's just, you know, when the situation comes, I will show it. Um, this season, I, I couldn't really show it at any point because it was almost every innings I went to buy, it was a, a rare guard action needed. So, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, it's just it's just depending on the situation of the game. And that's, I, I, don't, I don't have one style. I just back to the situation of the game. Can I um, just ask... And you may not want to answer this one, actually. So I'll, I'll, I'll allow you to play the pass um, if needs be. <laughs> but, um, when you made your debut this year for Scorpions, what, what was the overwhelming feeling for you, though? Because, and I say this respectfully, it's a long time to wait to make your debut when you've been like you've been you've been playing cricket. You've been. You've been, I mean, you've had more experience than a lot of regional cricketers would have had in terms of being able to go abroad and 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 so on and so forth. And yes, you've kind of been in Talawar squads here and there, but was there a sense for you of it's about time? And I don't mean that in an arrogant sense, but just in a sense of it's about time I represented Jamaica um, at, at, at the first class level. I think, you know, you when you're young, you always think you should be playing. And I think what this season kind of taught me is that, look, you know, it's better to be prepared and then play mm. than to play unprepared because it's easy to get the chance and easy to be thrown away. So I think I'm kind of grateful that I had to wait this time. It taught me a lot about life. It taught me a lot about what I need to improve as a player. And I think that process just helped me um, be ready for this opportunity. So, yes, there's times in the past where I thought, you know, I... 
it's time that I play now. It's time that I play now. But after playing, I truly understand why you have to wait this long, why you have mm. to go through the hard yards. And, you know, it was a relief when I did end up playing. I think it was just, you know, you work so hard to reach a goal. And it's the start of an another journey. But to reach that 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 destination of the first journey was... It was definitely a, it's about time that I play type feeling. But, you know, after you got that cap, you don't have that feeling anymore. It's about, you know, the next yeah. starting, the next journey ahead of you. Mm. So with, with the season sort of finishing for Jamaica Scorpions and no first-class cricket for another year, you mentioned earlier you're going back to an academy in India for a while. Other than that, what sort of plans do you have for the upcoming year to sort of keep on track in terms of developing your game? So I'm, I'm going to India for a couple of months and then I'm back to make myself available for the local cricket season here. I think we have a few um, club tournaments coming up um, in, in the summer. So I'm going to you know make, play that. But, you know, I, I don't know what's coming up in the future. I just have to make sure that I, I focus on getting better each day. Um, I know CPL is coming up, Super 50. You know, I, I don't have any control on if I'm there or not. All I can control is getting better, and that's that's all that's having on the horizon right now. So, what are you saying? No, no emails getting sent out. I have, a, <laughs> I have an agent, <laughs> so <laughs> that's their side of things. <laughs> My side of things is just to train every day and, and get better. <laughs> so actually speaking of that so because a, uh, a lot of the people a lot of people listen to Caribbean Cricket Podcast often ask us about the kind of regional setup and the day-by-day etc so until obviously you go to injury and come back and so on and so forth what is it how what is your day-to-day like do you just go into Melbourne and use their facilities or is it a gym thing like what's your as a professional cricketer what's your kind of routine till you go off and do what you do um i think well obviously when you have when the scorpions do have training that becomes your routine but mm. when there is no training i think i pride myself off my work ethic so i think a lot of people will kind of be scared of what i'm about to say but i wake up early i do um i do a lot of either cycling or running um mm. before training and then I would go. I would go either to the UE Bowl, which is down the road from me, or Sabina, mm. and do a lot of tennis ball drills. Or if someone's there to bowl to me, but um, I bat. Uh, I do a lot of spot bowling. I do, you know, men, about. I try to do fifteen to twenty overs a day of spot bowling. Then I come home, eat, go back again, do some sort of cricket-related specific training um, till about four o'clock, and then from five to seven, I hit the gym, and yeah, and then at night I try. Try complete my degree. <laughs> right. Santoki, listen, while Sabajay was saying that, I was writing down the notes because when I touched Jamaica this summer, I'm copying the routine, Santoki. <laughs> <laughs> I can still make it. <laughs> Uh, Michelle, I think I think it's time we hit Abhijay with, with the big, big questions. You know, he's no different from all our other guests. So, without further ado, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, of course. Uh, so, Abhijay, we always hit the we always um, end the show with the following questions. So, you're no different. Um, and actually, this will be quite interesting given the amount of experience, uh, global experience you've had. What's been your favourite place to play cricket at, both inside the Caribbean and outside the Caribbean? I think Sabina Park because it. In, inside the Caribbean, Sabina Park, because there's that emotional connection. Went there as a boy, you know, we get to play there, train there. Um, so to play a test match or any sort of international cricket for Westerners at Sabina is, you know, a dream of mine. Um, 
I think internationally, I haven't played that much international grounds, but I've been to a few. I think the one that probably stands out to me would be the MCG. Um, mm. Just it, it's literally like a theater there. Like um, if I can get to play there one day, you know, that would also be a dream of mine because you know to see to have that many people watching you would be amazing. Love Listen, Abijay wasn't lying when he tweeted he's 100% Jamaican, you know, because was he, didn't, he didn't even need to think about saying Sabina Park within 0.0 0. 0 seconds. Good question. Just as I got the question out, I heard Sabina straight away. I think I've done everything at Sabina. I've played cricket there, I've gone to parties there, I've, you know, I've done everything possible at Sabina. So that's, that's, that's my second home. <laughs> um, who have been, who's been the best um, player you've played with? Um, and actually, because you're an all-rounder, yeah, so who's been the best batter you've played with and who's been the best player that has bowled at you? I think I'll leave Yeah, I'll say it like that. Best batter I've played with, that, that's a difficult one. Um, obviously, it's still a young career. I haven't played with that many. I actually played a minor cup game with Jimmy Adams. So does that <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> yeah, that counts. Like, that counts. That counts. Yeah. So how old were you, saying, though? Hold on. What's up? How old, how old were you at the time? I was how old 12, <laughs> and he was about 85. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would say Jimmy Adams. Um, best bowler to have bowled to me would have been Ben Stokes in Durham. Uh, yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. Wait, what's the other one, Santoki? I've missed... No, in fact, that probably is actually all of them. Yeah. No, actually, yeah, we yeah. do one more. All-time... Who's your all-time favourite oh, batter yes. and bowler? So not who you face, just generally. All-time favourite batter and all-time favourite bowler. All-time favourite batsman is very easy. It's Rahul Javid. Oh. Uh, you can see that the I kind of try to model my game off of. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and then all-time favourite bowler... I have to say, it's not Alex Bino, but um, I'd have to say Courtney Walsh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, okay. I think that, that, that. I have to give a Jamaican in there for sure. One hundred percent Jamaican. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Listen, Santoki, I'm going to let you uh, round this one off. Uh, Abhijay, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and hear about your stories um, through your career. And we wish you, both of us here at the Caribbean Cooker Podcast, wish you all the success going forward from the future. And we look forward to hearing you doing big things very, very soon. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. No worries, man. Absolute pleasure having you on. Ladies and gents, that's been another episode of the Caribbean Creek Podcast. I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, uh, Abhijay was a fantastic guest. For the, anybody who's listened to that particular episode, whether on the audios or whether on the um, visuals, um, comment below, as ever. Get in the comments below, at us at Caribbean Cricket, Twitter, Instagram, um, etc. Like, share, rate, review, subscribe. You know that. All of the jazz. And we'll keep bringing the content that you lot love. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Thank you and good night.
Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.